25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. All right. What in the world's going on? What do you want to talk about? I know what I want to talk about. Stay tuned. Welcome into the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance in Mississippi. Local agents, your hometown heroes in all 82 counties across the state of Mississippi. That is Farm Bureau. Check them out online at favrates.com. Favrates.com. You can uh, check out the agents there in your uh, city or in your county. You can search it any way that you want at favrates.com. Welcome into the show. You can be a part of the show. Going to give you a chance to do that coming up later on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and Jackson are your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the United States of America. They've been doing it better longer than anyone else. You can hit me up on the phone. If you're watching on the stream on Twitter or on Facebook, you got the number there on the screen, so hit it up. You can text the show. It's always available. You can text the show even when it's not on the air. As far as we know, we could see it the next day at 885-ESPN. It is a 601 number, 885-ESPN or 885-3776. That's the text line. Feel free to text the show. And, of course, you can tweet me. I'm on Twitter at, what am I, at Radio Wyatt. Forgot it there for a minute. At Radio Wyatt. Feel free to tweet away. Roger, happy Wednesday. You made it halfway through the week, sir. That's right. I'm glad you made it home safely. I did. You know, um, I, I actually made it fine. I, I never, you know, as much sleep as I lost 24 hours ago, 24 and 48, between 24 and 48 hours ago, and as sleepy as I was during the show yesterday, Roger, it is amazing that I never dozed off or or never was even really tempted to, to doze off the entire drive home yesterday afternoon and last night. I, it was totally fine. Now, once I got home, I was feeling bad, been dealing with this sinus stuff and cold and, and all that, and of course missing sleep partly because of that. So it was no trouble going on to sleep last night, but still... Made it fine on the trip. Appreciate your concern. Hey, coming up in just a bit, Neil Price is going to be on the show. We're going to talk with him in just a few minutes. Neil is the play-by-play announcer for Mississippi State football on the radio. He and I will be in the booth together coming up on Saturday on the MSU Network as you've got an 11 a.m. kickoff against Alabama. Alabama! So that's um, a conversation you're going to hear coming up if everything goes according to plan. In hour number two of today's show, we're going to talk recruiting with Steve Robertson and also a little bit about his book. Steve has a book out called 
Stark Villains, and I hear that it's doing really well. We'll get an update from Steve and uh, talk a little recruiting with Steve, kind of get a, an update on the lay of the land on the recruiting front in the state of Mississippi and elsewhere. Yeah, a little news on that front uh, over the last couple of days, and so we'll get an update. Because Steve is someone who, on the recruiting side of things, certainly knows every little tidbit and in and out and what all the scuttlebutt is. So um, that's coming up as well. Also, as requested, we're going to hear what Nick Saban said about Mississippi State heading into this game this weekend, what Saban said, and consequently what Moorhead said about Alabama. We're also going to hear what Ed Orgeron said about his former school, Ole Miss, as LSU gets ready to go to Oxford this weekend. And Matt Luke will hear from those coaches. So have the audio. You guys wanted it. You asked me about it over the uh, last day or two. So you're going to get it. An earful if you keep it tuned right here. All right, right now it's time to bring in the first guest of the day, a friend of mine on Twitter. He is at Hale State Voice, and not everybody gets intro music, but he tweeted something that made me think of this, and I'm just going to set the mood well, good for Neil. Good morning, Captain. Come on, Donna. Morning, Captain. What do you think about that, Mr. Price? Throw it down, son. Throw it down. Throw it down, son. Do you need another mule skinner? Do you need another mule skinner? Hey, hey. We'll just enjoy it for just a second, Neil. Here we go. Here we go. I saw you tweeting this morning about Dolly Parton. What was that all about? Well, there's too much negativity in the world as it is. So if you can say something about Dolly Parton, maybe that'll make everybody's life a little better. But ABC ran a special on her last night, uh, and Beth and I sat up and watched that. And uh, I guess she's doing the CMA Awards tonight, too, which might be about the only thing country that'll be on that show <laughs> and uh you know it's uh it's just good you know i i'm an east tennessean dolly was from a few counties over from where i grew up uh, i grew up in hamlin county she grew up in Sevier county and it's just good to see people from that part of the world that have made a difference in people's lives and, and a positive difference and the fact that this lady's been doing it for well over half of her life is pretty impressive. So, uh, yeah, I just thought, you know, who, who else from my part of the world had as much influence as she's had mm-hmm. in a lifetime? And, and the people that came to mind for me were Davy Crockett was born in northeast Tennessee and obviously had a pretty big impact on people in our state and then also, you know, nationally. And then uh, you had... Uh, John Ward was a favorite of mine. I mean, if you turn on the radio when I was a kid, you heard John Ward, and he was born there in Knoxville. And then uh, the other guy I thought of was Roy Acuff. Roy was born right outside of Knoxville in the Halls community and obviously was, you know, one of the the major players in the early days of, of commercialized country music. So those were the four people I thought of, and I just put it out there for people back home. Hey, do you know anybody else from our neck of the woods? Could you name four people that have been as influential as, as these folks have? And I haven't gotten a ton of responses on it. A lot of people threw Davy Crockett out there. A lot of people thrown Dolly out there. But 
The saddest one I got was from a buddy I went to high school with who had no clue who Roy Acuff was. That broke my heart a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> you know. But, you know, everybody's different. That's, that's good. Yeah. Well, um, you know, Roy Acuff, I, I know a little bit. I feel like I know more about Davy Crockett, but when I really dial down into it, Neil, like I know the song and know the legend, but I prob- there's probably a whole lot about Davy Crockett that I don't know. Like if I were to study him, I'd probably learn a whole lot more than I do. But look, being in our line of work, um, you know, you, you put that list out there. I, I'm familiar with all and familiar with Dolly, but doggone John Ward, I, you know, he, in terms of being starstruck in the sports world, I look at that list and I go, holy cow, John Ward. <laughs> and, and it's on the list with uh, Dolly Parton and Davy Crockett. I think it just speaks to kind of what a big figure in broadcasting he was and still is. Yeah, you know, and when he retired, he got a letter from Dolly Parton. And I don't know that the two ever knew one another necessarily, but uh, he retired, and Dolly, by that point, had already been well-established in terms of not just the music, but, but all of her business interests, too. And um, she she had written John, who was an avid gardener uh, in his spare time, and told him that if he got bored in his retirement, that she could probably find him a landscape position at Dollywood. They'd be glad to have him on the weekend if he needed something to do. So I thought that was pretty good. That is pretty good right there. That's pretty good. Well, all right. So we're talking to a man from East Tennessee, but his uh, blood runs maroon nowadays. Neil is the play-by-play announcer for Mississippi State. Uh, Football on the radio. Got Alabama coming in uh, this weekend. Neil, what's... um, I assume maybe you had a chance to catch the press conference on Monday with uh, Joe Moorhead and and kind of seeing and, and talking to people uh, around campus. Of course, the coaches' show will be tomorrow night, I guess. But um, what vibe do you get right now about this ball game? With with you know, I know they're coming off the loss to LSU, but we still consider them kind of the class of the league coming in there this weekend. Well, I think that the attitude is that. You know, they, they feel good, State does, about how they played at Arkansas. And they had something good to carry them through that bye week. They're healthier than they were going into it, which is a good thing, especially with relation to that secondary that had been beaten up pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing is is that they're, they're going into it with some confidence because they know they played with that LSU team for a half and – Joe Moorhead said, you know, if, if you go back and you look at the plays they left on the field, they just didn't execute late in the first half of that game, then maybe you give yourself a chance a little bit deeper into the third quarter and, and, and you can make a game of it and see what happens. So I think they've got some confidence in that, that they can take, you know, from that game and try to apply it to this one. The teams aren't exactly the same. Schematically, they're different. But the level of athlete that you're going to be competing against is very similar. Uh, Elite-level talent and and at multiple spots, not just the ones, but the twos and the threes on the Alabama and LSU teams. A lot of people would be glad to have them as their ones, you know. So uh, you you can't make mistakes. Uh, You're going to have to to play at a high level uh, over the course of four quarters. And if you can do that, you know, hopefully you're in a spot where, you know, two years ago we, we found ourselves, you know, with a chance to try and make something happen, you know, and and, and we'll see. I have a hard time believing that Alabama is going to come in here with their head down 
they're going to be you know stinging from a loss. Uh, and granted, it it put them behind the eight ball now in terms of the goals they have for their program. But I just have a hard time believing they're going to come in here sleepwalking. So state's going to have to be ready, and they're going to have to be sharp. That's right. And I guess we st- we're right now as of Wednesday, we still don't know everything about quarterback. Didn't didn't Joe say, you know, Schrader he's back to being himself in terms of his, you know, being full health and that they're just going to practice this week and then figure out who's going to play quarterback later on? Yeah, that that's exactly okay. what he said that you got two guys that have similar skill sets and the only differentiation he made between Tommy Stevens and Garrett Schrader is that Garrett maybe can do a little more with his legs, uh, you know, than, than Tommy. But for the most part, you got two guys, sets. one in Tommy older that played against more opponents like an Alabama, and maybe that tips the scale his way by the end of the week, depending on how practice. But, yeah, I think Alabama's got questions. That quarterback, too. You know, Nick Saban said on the teleconference just a little bit earlier today that, you know, it's a game-time decision on whether or not Tua's going to be able to go because his ankle's still stinging a little bit. And you could even tell if you watched that game last week that the longer he was out there, while he did get in a rhythm throwing the football, that he was hobbling a little bit. He was feeling it. So uh, I think that's going to be the biggest question maybe for both the teams going into it. Who, who's going to line up back there and play that position? Right. Neil Price on your radio. He is at Hale State Voice on Twitter and Instagram. Y'all give him a follow. Um, you know, Neil, it, it's it's one of those things, too, where, you know, even though Alabama big favorite, it, it, the weather's changed on us a little bit. It's not blooming hot anymore. In fact, it's really cold right now, but it's going to be pretty nice this weekend in terms of weather. And I, I just think state fans, they come to the stadium for the Alabama game. I think it'll be a pretty decent crowd, even though it is 11 a.m. Do you agree with that at all? You know, I, I hope you're right. I, I still don't know that I've been here long enough yet, almost three years into it, to to understand what what is and what isn't uh, a big game in the minds of people. To me, all SEC games are big games. Yeah. But my, my thinking and, and the thinking of fans today with, with cost of tickets and television and all the other things, you know, is a little bit different. But I think the fact that you've got two schools that are separated by 80-some-odd miles, I think it lends itself to having a bigger crowd. You've got people who work with one another who are on both sides of of the matchup, they talk about it through the week, they talk about it through the year. So I do think that that lends itself to some more folks coming out and being interested. I hope they show up, Matt, just because, you know, this is a critical month for Mississippi State. And, you know, they, they've cleared that first hurdle. They, they won the game at Arkansas that they absolutely had to win. Your, the odds are heavily stacked against you probably in this one, if you're being realistic, because Alabama has, has been the standard in the league for well over a decade now. But you got to go out and play well, see if you, if you can give yourself a chance late. And most importantly, you know, get through this thing without getting banged up, because the next two are absolutely vital if you want to keep that bowl streak alive. Yeah, absolutely. They become must-wins if you don't pull it off this weekend. Uh, well, it's going to be interesting. 11 a.m. kickoff. I looked at the weather. I think they're predicting the highs to be in the mid-50s with sunshine, so it should be a nice day 
uh, on campus. It'll be a little cool. November football. Yeah, yeah, buddy. November football. Great. Yeah. And what was the thing that uh, Houston Nutt uh, coined the phrase back when he was a coach at Ole Miss, but I've never forgotten it, the whole idea of make it a November to remember. <laughs> and, you know, it stuck with me, but really you're right. If 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 it's going to be a November that people remember, State's got to win two more games somehow out of the next three. And, um, you know, they, they get a, a tall – uh, staircase to climb this weekend for sure. Hey, uh, I hadn't seen you or talked to you since basketball the other night. Neil, I, I went to Alabama, visited my dad, had family with me. We got there on that Friday and flipped the game on, and doggone, State was down by like 18 points or something in the second half. And you talk about a furious comeback. Did your blood pressure get up a little bit towards the end of that game on the broadcast at all? Well, I tried to hold it together best I could. Uh, I think there were some people at the Coliseum that they got a little bit worked up about it. It was <laughs> it was loud in there, you know, and it wasn't anywhere close to being capacity. But that was one of the things that Coach Allen made a point to to say, you know, when he came over to visit with Coach Williams and and me after the game, was how how much the crowd mattered. Mm-hmm. in that comeback, and, and they made it tough, I think, on Sam Houston State, and Mississippi State found a way to buckle down defensively. They they started, uh, you know, getting more defensive rebounds and, and limiting the second chances for Sam Houston State and started making some shots, quite frankly. You know, created some opportunities in transition, but made some shots. Robert Woodard made a big shot to give them the lead that they never gave back. Uh, Tyson Carter had a huge game. Uh, he's had two 20-point games to start the year. And, you know, one of the things you wondered coming into the season from Mississippi State's perspective was they lost that kind of go-to clutch kind of guy in Quindary Weatherspoon. Uh, mm-hmm. And you wonder, do they have another guy like that? Is it Reggie Perry? Could Tyson be one of those guys? I'm going to tell you, Tyson, in the first two games, he's shown us he's not scared to go out there and take a big shot. And, uh, man, the one he made to tie the game, it was a good look, and it was no hesitation. And, you know, and he's been shooting it well from outside. Uh, they did a better job hanging on the ball the other night, too. You know, they, they played him more to two, uh, I, I thought, and, you know, that helps him uh, not only in the scoring column, but it, but it helps him, too, to, you know, make better decisions with the ball. Uh, and, and yeah, I think that that's a positive for him. The team still committed way too many turnovers. But, you know, if they get that part under control, they're playing good defense. They're playing hard. They're playing aggressive on that end. Uh, the offense will come. It always does. Uh, but they got to take better care of the ball. And I think some of that just comes with the fact that they're playing a lot of young guys in the backcourt right now. Sure. sure. Well, and um, you spent a lot of time at University of Kentucky before you came to Starkville. I saw where they lost that game to Evansville. Um, you know, after being ranked number one, they lose a game to an unranked team. And I just, I was curious, do Kentucky fans, when that happens in the first week or so of the season, do they flip out and go crazy or do they just go, ah, well, it's an early season game. We'll be fine when the tournament rolls around. Which, which one is it you think for Kentucky fans? Well, I think the ones that, the ones that are really educated basketball people can look at it like you just said, you know, it's game number two and, you know, it stinks and it's going to be a bad loss probably at the end of the year. But, yeah, you know, what matters is making sure you're playing your best at the end. Mm-hmm. 
I think that the rest of them, the sky's falling. It's the chicken little approach, you know. <laughs> oh, man, what are we doing? You know, how did we get here, all this stuff. Yeah. I watched a lot of basketball last night. Uh, you know, I had some on television. I had I had the Kentucky game on for a little bit. I had Tennessee's game on for a little bit. I had some of that Auburn-South Alabama game going on the iPad last night. And listen, you know, state people will know this if they came to see state in South Alabama play that exhibition game a few Sundays back. South Alabama's got a real team now. Right. Those guys are good. Mm-hmm. And had Auburn not gotten a few offensive rebounds there at the end, giving them that stick back right at the horn, they could have easily been beaten last night. Tennessee was down, I think, by 10 at one point in their game against Murray State last night. Florida got beat by Florida State. Now, Florida State's got a good team, but Florida got beat last night. So these things happen. They do. And it's just part of playing, you know, playing in November. It's part of everybody trying to figure it out. Um, and, and you hope those things make you better as you get deeper into the season and they get you ready for a tournament run come March. That's right. That's it. You play your best at the end. These these games do matter, but it'd be interesting to see how they rec- – I got a feeling Kentucky's going to be just fine. <laughs> Neil, appreciate you, man. On a hump day here, Saturday will be here before we know it. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate the Dolly Parton. That's made my day. All Thank right. you, buddy. I'll see you Saturday. All right. See you then. We'll listen to a little Dolly in the press box. How about that? Before the game. Might as well. Mule Skinner. Y'all look that one up. Real country. Real. R-E-A-L. All right. Stick around. Back on the show. Here we go. We are in hour number one of today's show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. You know, when you get a cold, Roger, and you're on the radio, thank goodness for a cough button. Whoever figured that out, we need need to celebrate them. A few weeks after they had the first microphone. (laughs) Yeah. Some guys like hacking into – because back then, everybody smoked anyway. They were all coughing constantly. Right. Plus, there was the the whole Dust Bowl thing going on. Yeah, that that too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A reminder at C Spire, Black Friday starts right now. It actually – I mentioned this to you yesterday. Black Friday, you can take advantage now. You don't have to wait until Black Friday after Thanksgiving. Get deals like uh, your choice of the top smartphone free with trade-in. $100 off tablets and wearables and more. Great deals at cspire.com slash Black Friday. Cspire, customer inspired. What did Nick Saban say? Let's start off with him. He is bringing the Crimson Tide. Roll Tide. Roll into Starkville this weekend, into Davis-Wade Stadium. 11 a.m. game kind of kills the atmosphere a lot of times, but still, it's going to be a beautiful day for it. I know that much. Nobody's going to burn up, thank goodness. We'll be actually happy to sit out in the sunshine with temperatures 
probably at kickoff, we're talking about temperatures in the 40s, but you know, middle of the day, someone there is going to get up in the low 50s. That's what we expect. This will be a beautiful day for football. It should be. Um, still, it's not like a night game. You get a 6 p.m. game, the stadium will fill up and really get loud, but not going to have that this go-around. Still, uh, it's a challenge for them just because they're coming off a loss. And, frankly, that's something Alabama doesn't deal with very much. How to respond to a loss. Nick Saban talking about Mississippi State in his weekly press conference. Uh, this game this week is usually a, a real battle for us. You know, when we go over to Mississippi State, Starkville, uh, they're always physical. It's always a physical game. Um, and we have a lot of challenges in terms of what we need to do to fix the issues that we have. And, you know, they present a lot of challenges as well. Uh, they're one of the best rushing teams in, you know, the country, certainly in the conference. Um, do a really good job in a lot of ways. They got a great back. You know, Hill's a great back. He leads the SEC in rushing. Um, you know, they played really good defense. They get a lot of turnovers. They ball hawk like crazy. So there, there, there's a lot of things that we need to do extremely well in this game to be able to have success. And look, the number one thing that I'm concerned about, just so everybody gets it, is how we complete the season. You know, I don't want to talk about anything other than the game that we have this week. Uh, we're not making any predictions or whatever. You know, we have kind of a legacy around here that we've only had one team in the last 12 years that's lost more than one game in the regular season. Uh, and, you know, I'd like for this team to be able to continue that, and we certainly want to focus on all the things that we need to do to try to be able to get that done. And the, the number one thing is to play well this week against Mississippi State. Nick Saban, now, he had to talk about the quarterback. First question he got was, how healthy is Tua? Is he going through practice? All that kind of stuff. You know, we did all the medical research that you could do on him to find out if he did any damage or hurt himself in any way, shape, or form, and he did not. Um, so uh, we'll manage the soreness. You may give him a day off today and, um, you know, sort of start him back, you know, tomorrow a little bit. So we'll just have to manage it day to day, and he should respond each and every week. But this, the situation that he's in is very much expected, and he doesn't have any further issues. True Maroon on the text line says, I think Nick is being a smart because <laughs> he's not talking about us. <laughs> well, he's talking about Alabama. Um, you look, I don't know how much of a compliment it is that you know, somebody says, well, you know, they – Whenever we go there, it's always a physical game. Yeah. Don't you get tired of that? Well, it's always physical. Now, we always beat them, but it's always physical. <laughs> don't you get sick of that? I'd rather Sam not. Baggett. Yeah, right. Just like the bear. Yeah, that's right. And he's still he's not to the level that Bear Bryant is on that. Wasn't what it, he says bear used to say with the, I tell you, they, they're small, but they sure are slow. <laughs> they're small, but they're slow. <laughs> All right, Joe Moorhead, in comparison. It's a weekend where you – this is what you come to the SEC for. You get to compete against one of the best teams in the country. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, we're going to have to compete our tails off of, uh, against what's been the standard in this league. And uh, when you talk about making the choice to, to come to Mississippi State and compete in the SEC, 
you know, there's no better opportunity in this game, quite frankly. And, and individually, you know, as a player, you're going to get to go against some of the other best players in the country uh, to see where you stack up. You know, as an offensive, a defense, and a special teams unit, you know, you're going against one of the best or three of the best in the country. And then certainly from a program standpoint, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is the team for the greater part of the last decade that everyone's been been working to to uh, to knock off. So certainly very excited. It's going to be an awesome opportunity. Our kids are fired up for practice this week. Coaches are excited to game plan. You know, like I said, great to get back home after 28 days. And you know, we're excited to tee this thing up, and we're going to play our tails off. All right. So that's uh, Coach Moorhead in his press conference. Excited. Going to tee it up, play our tails off, see what happens. You know, Alabama has the question mark at quarterback because of injury to Tua and we don't there's no real question mark who it is it's just is he healthy enough to play and and everything this week obviously sore after the game against LSU and he played well considering everything against LSU just uh, LSU had more firepower on offense than than uh, Alabama could get together 46-41 shootout so that's the only question mark for Alabama at that position is he healthy state has question marks too you know, a fully healthy Garrett Schrader. You know, who are you going to play? You're going to play both. Here's Moorhead. We're listening as an or right now, and the good news is that Garrett's back to being, you know, completely healthy. So uh, we went through practice yesterday. Both the guys got reps. You know, Tommy got most of the ones with the ones, and Garrett with the twos. You know, but we're going to continue to progress it through and see how Garrett's kind of coming along. And and obviously, I think the um, the Arkansas game was the first one where Tommy was completely healthy for for quite a time. So seeing so seeing him throw it accurately, create explosive plays, and more than anything, seeing him run the ball was. Was good, so we'll we'll you know, you know keep practicing them, keep giving them reps during the week, and you know may, maybe one, maybe the other, you know maybe both. So uh, we'll just see how it goes. And again, I know Arkansas is just awful, and it showed up certainly against Western Kentucky last week. Got the coach fired, but some of their players looked like they were ready to quit, and then as soon as you gave them an, ex- an excuse to quit, they just quit. So and I know that I'm, I'm getting all that, but still. Is it not obvious, just like night and day difference, Tommy Stevens healthy versus Tommy not healthy? And, you know, I'm not a doctor, and I don't have all this experience in judging people during injuries and not during injuries and all that, but I just kind of feel like maybe what you see sometimes is some people have a knack or an ability to press through and continue to play through injuries while they're injured. While there are some people, it's not a right or a wrong, it's just kind of the way we are. Some people just have a hard, much harder time playing while injured. And you may say, well, it's not fair and it's a toughness thing. I don't really think so. I think some people just have a harder time doing it. You know, in the NFL, a lot of times offensive linemen that last the longest is because they just have a knack for playing at the same level even when they're injured. And some people just can't do that. Maybe it is a mental thing. I don't know. But to me, there's just a, this obvious difference to the naked eye. Difference. Tommy Stevens healthy versus when he was hurt. Maybe I'm trying to make too much of it. Jason did say on the text line here, Saban's right, though. It doesn't matter what state does. Matters what Alabama does. If they play to their standard, it won't be close. That's Jason in Flagstaff. A little more Dolly, Mule Skinner Blues. Stick around in the Farm Bureau studio.
Back on the show, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team coming up in a little while, we'll talk with Steve Robertson from 24-7 Sports, jeanspage.com. We'll talk recruiting with Steve and a little bit about his new book. It's called Stark Villains, and he's got some of the villains in the book. My coach, Coach Cheryl, and some of the others, so we'll talk about that with Steve uh, all coming up later. Right now on the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and Jackson, your Kubota dealer, 995-1059. Jay, hanging on the line. What's up, Jay? Good afternoon, Matt White. How you doing, brother? As far as I know, I'm just right. Thank you. That's good. Yeah, Jay Hood here uh, down in Ridgeland, Mississippi. Ridgeland? Just, All uh, right. Check on. All right. All right. You ever see anything worked out with the uh, cable to the house there? You know, Jay, um, still working on it. I have... I have done some communicating, some talking, some good, communicating, good, good, good. a phone call or two. I don't have it yet, but I think there's a good chance we may get it. I'm talking about C Spire yeah, or fiber, yeah, I can't wait to get it. Man, look, I can't wait for you to get it. Hey, look, one couple of things I wanted to touch on, uh, Matt. Um, I, I wanted to like to get your opinion on who you think Arkansas is going to get as their next head man. I've heard a lot of comp, uh, communication about. Trina coming back, possibly he freeze. A lot of big names get thrown out there at the beginning. I was wondering if we're going to get a big name over there or if yeah. we're going to wait around and get somebody that's going to lay him in the. Jay, uh, let me tell you a couple things. Line. Okay. First of all, any talk of Petrino coming back there is total bunk. Not happening. There is no <laughs> truth to that whatsoever. And I actually have pretty good sources in Arkansas. Um, okay. Number two, Hugh, yeah, number two, Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze has a chance to be definitely be a candidate for another SEC school someday. It's just not right now. The primary reason is as long as Ole Miss, an SEC school, is still under probation that he oversaw while he was there as a head coach, the conference is just not going to – the league in Birmingham, the conference is not going to give their blessing to another school hiring him. That's why – like, you know, Nick Saban, if you'll remember, was going to bring Hugh Freeze onto his offensive staff. That's right. And That's right. the conference nixed that. It, it, you know, if you can't even hire him as like an analyst on your staff in the conference because the, the office in Birmingham vetoes it, you certainly can't hire him right now as a head coach. As long the as the conference is not ready for Hugh Freeze yet. That's it. They're not going to let it happen as long until the day. Ole Miss gets out from under the probation they are on right now that he oversaw. Now, when that happens, he may pop up at another school and depends on when and if and how. So I just think, I mean, it's time for the national media with sources who like to find out what's the deal with Mike Norvell at Memphis. And Jay, here's the thing. The reason I say national media, if if it's Pat Forty who now works for SI, he left right. Yahoo, you know, if it's one of those, if it's a Dan Wetzel, if they call up Memphis and they start asking people or they try to find out what the story is as to why, you know, you know he hasn't gotten the big job or left Memphis, those people will talk to them. Right. What is what is the story? Right. You what know, is the story? that's it. People will talk to them. If I call, they're secret? not talking to me. <laughs> But he's the one. I mean, he's the natural – he's just – he's the perfect fit. Look what he's done at Memphis. You know, offensive stuff. 
they already had basically a recruiting class or two trying to recruit to a spread offensive deal. So they absolutely need need to hire Mike Norvell from Memphis. And if it can't happen because of some off-the-field thing, then, you know, they need to work through that is what I'm saying. What do you think? I I think so. Also, a question mark in the back of my mind, uh, I know I like Hop being a Southern Miss. Uh, I was wondering how much longer you think Hop will hang around Southern Miss if he continues to win there. That's a good question. When I was walking out of the studio yesterday, Jay, uh, I was talking with Beaver and with uh, Roger, and we brought up, you know, Jay Hobson at Southern Miss. And the thing was, we were like, you know, is he going to just continue to coach there? He's a Mississippian. He's from Vicksburg originally. Right. You know, um, is he just going to continue to coach Bowers there? Bowers still hanging out in South Alabama somewhere. Who's that? Jeff Bowers. He's still hanging out in South Alabama in the rounds of uh, that's. I don't. I don't really know. I don't really know. I, you know, back to uh, Jay uh, Hobson at Southern right. Miss. I, I honestly could, I could see, I could see it either way. But I could see Jay just staying at Southern Miss and coaching for a long time. I can't too. Um, so that's, I, why, I, that's I, why I was bringing Bauer into it. I didn't know if uh, Bauer had some type of influence with Jay, kind of hanging in there. You know, yeah, uh, being some type of consultant with Southern Miss and kind of, hey man, you need to hang out uh, a little longer. You know, this guy, this place will treat you great. Right. Uh, for the sure. long run and long haul. But I don't know if Jay Hobson's pocket uh, wants to get any sicker. He might need to move on. Yeah. Jay, I appreciate your call, man. Thank you. All right, Matt. Take care, buddy. All right. See you. See you. Ed Ozeron, former Ole Miss head coach, bringing his number one LSU Tigers, fresh off their win in Tuscaloosa, into Oxford this weekend. They put this game on their calendar. This is the game that they want to win. Uh, this is a rivalry game uh, for them. They want to beat LSU. This is the team they would like to beat along with Mississippi State. And we know we're going to get their best shot. And they play great at home. It's going to be a great crowd. be a great challenge for our football team. On offense, uh, they're a spread offense. Uh, they're, they're very, very difficult to stop on offense. Listen, what do you hear? What he I hate to replay something. You hear what he said at the beginning, though, about this is a big game, it's a rivalry game to them. Listen, they put this game on their calendar. This is the game that they want to win. Uh, this is a rivalry game uh, for them. They for them, <laughs> that's a rivalry game for them. Uh, what about the motivation in this game, Coach O? Your players are saying all the right things. They know the uh, what we're shooting for. We don't talk about it, but you know, and uh, but we want to win. We want to win, and and Ole Miss is in our way. And that's it. We want to win. We want to win, and Ole Miss is in our way. Matt Luke, Ole Miss head coach. Great atmosphere in Vault Hemingway, playing against the number one team in the country. Uh, be a great night for recruiting um, for our fan base, and just looking forward to the opportunity. Uh, just watching tape, LSU. Um, it's what you expect. Really, really good. Obviously led by, by Joe Burrow, 78.9% um, completion percentage. That's, that's pretty amazing. And um, I think he's a, he's a leader, very, very good player. So we'll have our work cut out. We've got to try to find ways to slow them down and uh, bow our neck in the red zone, try to hold them to field goal. So I don't think you totally shut these guys down, but try to find ways to slow them down and make this thing a four-quarter game. Defensively, they've been very, very good stopping the run. Um, which obviously has been our strength. So uh, trying to find a way to run the football. Then when people have hurt them in the passing game, it's been making plays one-on-one -on -one 
down the field and making those one-on-one tough catches. So I think that'll be that'll be huge for us. I have to make a couple of those uh, in this game, but uh, should be a uh, should be an awesome atmosphere and a great college football game. So very excited about that. What about injuries for Ole Miss? Uh, we're in pretty good shape. Scotty is still a little bit questionable. We'll find out more about him tomorrow, and then uh, Tisdale uh, and Jalen Jones. I would say they're probable right now. All right, so you know the the injury list for Ole Miss, you know, is pretty small. Uh, maybe that's not a huge issue. Mike McIntyre, defensive coordinator, says key to the game is somehow, some way, pressuring Joe Burrow. He gets rid of the ball quickly, though. They're going to lean on a defensive front who've gotten better. Coach Roach and Coach Nix have done a phenomenal job working with those guys, and our, their pass rush techniques have gotten better and better as the year has gone along. Uh, I think we've got a feel for what certain guys can do better, different stunts that we've been able to do that they've really gotten good at. So um, I think that's been a, a big, big key. They're, they're hard work at the kids, hard work at it, and, and uh, um, I think they've really – Kept improving as the year goes along. We're definitely going to need some pass rush in this game. Um, the quarterback, uh, Burrow, does a great job of getting rid of the ball, though. Um, a lot of different quick passes and things at times. And then they do a good job of kind of uh, what I call max protecting for their different shots. So um, we're going to have to understand that. And But you're definitely correct. We're going to have to be able to harass him a little bit, get him a little bit off rhythm um, the best we can. Do, do Ole Miss players – and coaching staff, even current students, do they circle this LSU game on the schedule every year? Do they approach it differently, maybe? You know what I'm saying? A little extra zip during the week of this game as compared to other games on the schedule? I mean, I'm really I'm I'm curious about that. You know, I have some friends who played at Ole Miss. But they played in the 90s, you know, um, know a couple of guys who play in the the mid-90s, some who played in the late 80s, early 90s. And I feel like if I were to ask them, you know, probably certainly the farther back you go, you talk to guys who played there in the 80s, you know, I feel like if I were to ask them, hey, is it is it different? Is there something different about the LSU game for Ole Miss, you know, in the club, uh, not almost said clubhouse, in the locker room and the facility for students, you know, I feel like they would probably say, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and I think to a degree, at least in the modern era of football, you know, post integration and in, in the modern era, you know, real face masks and everything helmets that you can't fold up and put in your pocket, you know, that kind of stuff, the modern era of football, you know, you might compare it to the way over the last 25, 30 years state, has approached the Alabama game. It is different for State. You know, the programs are different, and no, Alabama doesn't necessarily look at State like they're some kind of rival. But for State, you circle that Alabama game. But I'm not sure other teams don't do the same thing. And so is that similar? Is that different? I don't, I'm curious, especially, you know, in 2019. Do current players and coaches and students, do they circle the LSU game early in the season and, and see it differently? Uh, uh, on the text line, 885-ESPN, uh, unnamed texter says, yes, because in Ole Miss's minds, they are rivals, just like Coach Ozeron said. And he did say it. And you know, you're talking about a guy who coached there. What? When was he hired? 2005? 
Was it after the 05 season? I believe that's right. Heck, man, I don't know. I can't remember. How many years was Coach O at Ole Miss? Was he there three, 05, 06, 07? That's what it was. That's what it was. 05, 06, 07. I'm getting it right. It's all starting to run together. But he was there, so he would certainly know how they approach it at Ole Miss. Okay, so our one in the books. Coming up, if everything goes according to plan, we'll start off our two talking recruiting with Steve Robertson from Jeans Page. And a little bit about his new book, Stark Villains, is out there and available for you. So we'll talk about that and then get into your phone calls and texts later in hour two. So stay with me in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around.